Yes, crisis care can get you breathing again. But as we talked about in a podcast, maybe what? five podcasts ago, I don't know, the little four-year-old girl that died in our neighborhood from, you know, the bronchitis, the breathing tubes, inhalers, the asthma, which is kind of the same thing here. Just shortly after a bronchodilator inhalation Mm -hmm. in her lungs, she she went into uh, um, pulmonary arrest and they called the EMF people, but it was just too late. Yeah, she watched her daughter suffer yep. or suffocate right to death. In front of her. Right in front of her, the most horrible thing for a parent. I was just asked the other day by someone new to us if I was the forbidden doctor. Well, of course, I said no. The forbidden doctor is not me at all. We are not the forbidden doctor. Jack is not the forbidden doctor. It's in you. The forbidden doctor is that magical, mystical power inside of you that is controlling and healing you. It's that beautiful, marvelous, almost miraculous force that controls all healing. It's that innate intelligence, that life force-directed influence that triggered your DNA to guide the building of your body after conception. Yeah, it's that power that sustains your life repairs your wounds and lesions, and it never stops working. It's that essential part of you that keeps you alive and heals your every hurt. This is the Forbidden Doctor. It's not me. It's that part of you. The powers that be have decreed forbidden to ever learn about or even consider and never, ever rely upon. For it is forbidden that you even know this life force exists at all. You are your own forbidden doctor. Yes. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Jack. And Mary. And welcome back to the Forbidden Doctor podcast. This is podcast episode 174. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disorder. That's all they could do. Mm. So welcome to this Forbidden Doctor podcast, where we reveal your body's amazing ability to heal itself. And where we reject Western medicine's automatic drugs for everything and drugs for anything approach. Yeah. And while drugs do have their place in a crisis situation to sustain life, Western medicine just simply falls on its face for dealing with chronic conditions and usually fails miserably with these chronic conditions because all they can do is maintain something less than optimal relief and healing with this drugs for everything, drugs for anything. Managing the symptoms. Yes. Yes. And they are the only ones that are legally able to use the word cure. Yes. Cure is not a health term. Mm -mm. It is a legal term. Yeah. So anyway... So I was once again shook to the core um, about last week. I was talking with my friend, and she was telling me this heartbreaking story where one of the men that she works with is dying of COPD. Mm. Um, she said that he is such a wonderful man. It's just breaking her heart. And she says it's, it's now in stage four. I don't know that COPD has stages yes, like it cancer. Does. It does. But she said it was stage four, and they had just called in hospice. Oh. And... Here's the big, you know, line, the big money line is what everybody always says with these terminal chronic problems that the medical community is just not able to help or cure as they use the word cure. That's all they could do. It's oh, they've done everything they can do. I hate hearing those words. Yeah. I mean, 
and and I just sit there and just almost screamed, but I took a deep breath, said, no, that is not all that can be done. Okay. So when they say all, that's all they can do, that's exactly what they mean. That's all they can do. But remember, your body is set to repair and restore, not to degenerate. It just needs the nutrients to do this. So I, I jumped into this big, long explanation of how and what the types of nutrients this person needs to support his lungs and support the possible autoimmune attack that's happening to his lungs. And then, you know, you have to understand how you die of COPD, which is not a pretty death. Did she understand the alternatives you were explaining? No, I I didn't go into them in depth because it wasn't her place to relate this to him. And so I asked her to tell him to do our symptom survey online and we would take it from there. But I said, there certainly is something to be done. Yeah, because what we're going to talk about is that it is not all that can be done. Like you said, I mean, the forbidden information is that the uh, medical community does not validate nor recommend anything other than drugs and surgery and exercise. And exercise. That's always the big cure for everything. You know, no, like we talked in our last week's podcast, there's no nutrition to support this exercise. I'm not knocking exercise, but they make it the cure-all for everything, and then they don't ever say, you know... To eat raw eggs with your exercise to rebuild those muscles, as we talked about last yeah. week. So, well, anyway. Business Week magazine recently did a story on how healing or curing a disease is a terribly bad business model. <laughs> I mean, it came right out and admitted it. Yeah, because they just manage chronic disease. Yep. They're the, like we said, they're the only ones that can use the word cure. So they disguise the fact that they don't cure anything. And it, it to us, it's just very frustrating to manage symptoms. <clears throat> I think that's one of the reasons why uh, genes are getting blamed for everything. Yeah, it takes the blame off of you. Yeah, it takes the blame off of the failure of uh, the medicine to cure the disease. Well, it's a genetic problem. However, we can help mitigate the symptoms, and we just need to sign you up to the club for the rest of your life. I cannot tell you how many people say, it's in my family. These digestive problems are in my family. And I, you know, I get so tired of it now. I just yes. like, no, it's not. I don't even try to convince them. I'm like, no, this is because you're not supplying the proper nutrients or you're not able to break down the proper nutrients and digest them and excrete out the toxins. So this DNA business, it's all to be... It's a beautiful marketing model because people flock to that. Oh, yeah. People don't want to be guilty of anything. They don't want to be responsible for their nutritional history. Uh, either the lack of it right. or the ignorance of it. Right, and you don't know what you don't know. And you will never find what you're not looking for. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's that's a, there's a, it's a double negative, I understand. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a modern version of what Goethe said. Yeah. We only see what we're looking for, and we only look for what we know. Yeah. So, before we get to that, for our regular listeners, the next four minutes is our financial stuff. You can fast forward through it if you choose, but for our new listeners, please listen at least one time so you understand how we do things around here. So, before we begin this informative and forbidden podcast, we want to take a few minutes to talk about why we do not have sponsors. Yeah, we've been approached many times to sell different products on our show. But we've always been compelled to resist these financially tempting offers. Because many times they lead to an attempt for editorial control over what we say. Yeah, and what we're doing here is too important to be controlled by corporate interests. So we never allow this kind of advertising on our show. And so that said, 
We don't make money from these podcasts. All of our Not income comes from your interaction with us and what we have to offer and from the sale of our Forbidden Doctor products and supplements from the oldest and original whole food supplement manufacturer in the United States, Standard Process. Yeah. But we're not paid by Standard Process. Indeed, they distance themselves from open internet promotion because of constant scrutiny from the FDA. Yeah, and as a result, they do not advertise or pay for advertising outside of a licensed healthcare professional's office. And the reason for this is really simple, because their products are very powerful and they actually work. So they need to be careful about people making claims. Others have mentioned that while the knowledge we share can't be found anywhere else, it is often tied to standard process. Yeah, and that also includes our own ageless thyroid and long-life energy enzymes products. Yes, and so you might ask, could not our own products be creating a conflict of interest? Mm -hmm. I mean, have we mistakenly created infomercials instead of free knowledge podcasts? No, we do this on purpose. Yes, because years of experience on the radio and in our clinics and almost half a million downloads of our podcasts have taught us a few things. And the most important is that the type of nutrient-dense foods that most of us need to get our bodies actually healing from years of malnutrition are not easily integrated into most of our lives. Yeah, the quest for excellence in nutrition has never been an easy task. Just just face it, nobody wants to eat raw liver. Uh-uh. But absolutely no one will sign up to eat raw liver daily for six months. So we feel therapeutic supplementation is sometimes yes. very critical in the healing process. Yes, it is. So let us be clear. We talk about standard process because this is how you can get whole foods in a concentrated form that you would never, ever eat on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do our podcast this way is because it has saved our lives and countless others that we've worked with over the years. Yeah, so we sell supplements. Yeah. And so we try to give free knowledge away about how nutrition touches every aspect of our lives. And so necessarily these two are going to overlap. But the bottom line is... We may mention supplements that you can get from our website, but the knowledge we share is real, and you can take that with you forever, whether or not you ever buy anything from us. But you can support us in keeping this podcast on the air with a donation at ForbiddenDoctor.com slash donate. Yes. Or if you're ready to take your first steps for your own health, you can join our family by going to our website and taking our free symptom survey. Now, we understand, we really do, that some of you may feel real hardship with even a modest purchase and cannot afford even a single month's supply of supplements. So please know then, it is completely okay if you do not buy our supplements or financially support our show in any way if you cannot afford to. Yes. However, there are many ways to support us for free. You can give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That's easy. Or a thumbs up on YouTube. Where, wherever you listen to our podcast, just give us a good rating. Yeah, and if you already support the show, thank you, truly thank you. And please know that you are the very reason we fight this good fight. I mean, your support makes this all possible. So now let's get back to the forbidden information they don't want you to know. Oh, yeah. Yes, and before we jump into our podcast, we also want to remind you about our free symptom survey, which is what I told this friend of mine to have her friend with COPD to take. Yeah. We offer it on the homepage of our website. It's the most comprehensive survey you'll ever take. It has tons of questions. And after you're done, not only will you get a free personalized protocol, which saves you money, 
you have the opportunity to have a free 30-minute phone consultation if you want to. Yes, and of course, you're not obligated in any way whatsoever. Yeah, and all of this at no charge to you. So, now let's get on to things they don't want you to know. So, what is COPD? And this, of course, includes emphysema and, and chronic bronchitis, because these two have the same effect on the lungs. And it's just simply a slow, progressive obstruction of the air moving in and out of the lungs, out as well as in. Uh, the primary cause, of course, regardless of what source you look at, is cigarette smoking or some kind of exposure to tobacco smoke, even um, secondhand smoking. Mm-hmm. But, other, but there's also air pollution. There's uh, infectious diseases that would uh, relate to chronic bronchitis. And it's some very rare cases. Rare. And I'm talking 1%, 1.5%, yeah. according to the studies, genes might be involved. Right. And so, there, are, there are people that haven't smoked. They get COPD. Or, a third. Yeah, a third. it's kind of a surprising. It's, like it's also a third of the people who get lung cancer never smoked. Right. A third of the people with COPD never smoked. Yeah. So despite all the common assumptions out there, you don't have to be a smoker mm-hmm. to get COPD. So how do you know if you, if you have it? Well, it's not always easy to tell, especially in the beginning. Uh, according to the COPD uh, research groups, <clears throat> maybe up to 24 million Americans. 24. Now that's, that's a, you know, that's a considerable amount. Yeah. Potentially it's like have. like fatty liver disease. Yeah. And, yeah. They, don't, and they don't know it yeah. until the symptoms really worsen. And they could have COPD without ever being aware of it. I mean, most people in this stage aren't aware of even of the symptoms. And, and when symptoms do begin to show up, most people ignore them. I was looking yeah, at but the they Mayo said Clinic. There's, yeah, there's significant lung damage, right? Yeah, by the time you are diagnosed right. with COPD, there's significant lung damage. And I was looking at uh, Mayo Clinic's page for uh, symptoms and get a better understanding of it. And they said that the symptoms don't even occur until... Now, this from the Mayo Clinic's significant damage, as we said. So these symptoms, you know, they're not to be ignored. And so what are they? Well, it's a, it starts with a chronic cough that you just can't seem to get away from. There's increased mucus. And that chronic cough makes me think of a very good friend of mine who has a farm, a cattle farm, mm-hmm. of, uh, a dairy farm. Mm-hmm. He was a friend of both of us, not just me. And <clears throat> they, once a month, have to go shovel out the stables, the barn. And so what are they breathing? And I asked him, I said, do you wear a mask when you do this? He said that the first, the first shoveling of the year, yeah. But during the rest of the year, we don't because the dust isn't quite as bad. And I said, please, the subsequent shovelings you're going to do monthly during the season before the snow flies is going to have a cumulative effect worse than the first clean out from hmm. the winter hmm. that you wear a mask for. Hmm. So he, has, he does not smoke, but he has a chronic cough. And he's complaining of mucus. That's why we told right. him to start using fenugreek. And fengri. Fengri, excuse fengri, me. Which has fenugreek in it. Right. But he doesn't, he doesn't complain of fatigue, and he doesn't really complain of shortness of breath, which are the four major things, chronic cough, increased mucus, fatigue, and shortness of breath. So if you, if you want to continue to listen to hear the forbidden information Mary and I are talking about, um, about healing this life-threatening increasingly, and, and you talked about sad end a few minutes mm-hmm. ago, suffocating disease. I mean, dying from COPD is not fun. 
But this is what we're going to get into. Yeah. So the symptoms. Let's talk about some of those. Yeah, difficulty breathing. When, when you're, you don't even have to be running around or up and down the stairs. Just sitting at at rest, you notice you're having the difficulty breathing. The in and breathing. out of air. Out as well as mm-hmm. in. Correct. Mm-hmm. Some tightness across the chest, even without exertion. Uh, constantly coughing up mucus, and the and the amount or the color can change. And then a flare up, where where you're you almost have learned to tolerate what seems to you to be lightweight types of symptoms. And all of a sudden it gets worse and there's all of a sudden you're having a hard time breathing. There's a lot of chest t- uh, tightness, coughing up all kinds of gunk. It could be worse for a few several days. You go to the emergency room, they give you some prednisone, probably an antibiotic, and then they send you home. Yeah, I love the, I love the way when we read it on Google, you know, on it said that they will, it requires steroids like prednisone. Yeah, it requires. Right. Requires prednisone and requires antibiotics, emergency room visit. And that, honey, that's all they can do. That's right. That's all they can do. So, so. Well, they're going to give you some medicine and they're going to give you a bronchodilator. And so there's I, three basic medicines, yeah, right? A, a bronchodilator. I, I thought I was going to go into more depth about this, but I think we'd be out in the woods. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't really need to go into that. But an anticholinergic and... We're uh, going to go into that. Yes, well, an anticholinergic is an agent that... Um, it's a substance that blocks the neurotransmitter acetylcholine. And acetylcholine is the neurotransmitter that's usually involved with voluntary muscle movement. Okay. Now, even if you're unconscious, you're going to continue to breathe using the same breathing muscle apparatus if you were awake. Mm-hmm. But to stand up and move around and reach and pick up something and the normal skeletal movement is using uh, acetylcholine. And so the reason that they give something to block the acetylcholine, in this case the lungs, because it stops the involuntary contractions of air pathways. So if they're giving you a bronchodilator to make the bronchus, the, the bronchi open up, um, it's very possible that... Um, neurotransmitter effect when you're in a rest and relaxed state, uh, when the brain is saying to the lungs and the pulmonary system, ah, we don't need as much air as we did getting to the chair now that you're sitting in the chair. Mm-hmm. So we're going to close down that area to conserve energy a little bit. But if it's already having breathing problems, you don't want that to happen. So they give you an anticholinergic to stop the, the closing down. The closing down when you're resting to keep things wide open. Which is the antithesis of what Dr. McBride says yeah, we're needs, get, needs we're to get, happen. Uh, we're going to get to that, right. Yeah. And then you, a lot of times they'll give you a mucus inhibiting drug, something that retards the formation of phlegm. Okay, and so... Guavacin, uh, guaf, guaf, excuse me. <laughs> um, you can, I am that's dying over to the, get to these side effects. Yes, I'm sorry. You can get that... Um, <laughs> You can get that over the counter in most drugstores. That's the name of the drug. It's yep. guav- guafenesin. Guafenesin. Yeah. 600 milligrams. Yeah. yeah. So, so let's talk a moment about some of the common side effects of these drugs. The okay. bronchodilator, the anticholinergic, and an anti-mucal drug. Yeah, this may take a minute. We're not going to say them really, really fast like they do on the TV commercials because they're so shocking. The first one, upper respiratory tract infection. Yes. Wow. And we're going to explain how that can happen in a minute. Pneumonia is a side effect of these drugs. Bronchitis is a side effect of these drugs. 
And there's a reason for that, yes. which we'll talk about. Thrush in your mouth and your throat. Almost that's any, a fungal infection. Yes, almost any anti-inflammatory can lead to that, yeah. especially one that opens up the throat. Wow. Uh, headache, I can see that. Back pain, joint pain. Yeah, and then if you are subject to pneumonia, you can easily get the flu. Mm-hmm. And then some of the pub- other published side effects that I'm reading here from the published side effects, inflammation of the sinuses, runny nose, sore throat, taste disturbances, constipation, painful and frequent urination. Oh, you're doing them too fast. There I, you go. I sound like the commercial. Yeah, painful Nausea, and frequent urination. That doesn't vomiting, sound Vomiting, ah. diarrhea. <laughs> Mouth and throat pain, hoarseness, cough, and of course the all-time favorite anal leakage. <laughs> they didn't say no, that. No, it doesn't say that. But there's several, well, there's diarrhea there. There's so. a lot of drugs that talk about <laughs> anal leakage. Well, oh, and yeah, you have to wonder. You know, every force has an opposite and equal reaction. Yes. So, you know, you're throwing this massive force in, forcing those bronchial tubules open, and then not letting them close back down so they can heal. Um, you know. I understand how when you're when you can't breathe, that's really important. So well, that's imagine being underwater for you know you're with your friend there and you're trying to see who can stay underwater the longest, and it gets to that point where your brain says, "I don't care if he wins. Get your head out of the water and start breathing." But if you can't get your head out of the water, you're going to be reaching for your inhaler, your bronchodilator, as sure. fast as it's you can. It's like it's like breathing underwater with a straw. Yeah. Is, is the way they've described COPD. So I certainly understand that, but I certainly understand trying to fix the foundational reason for this. Well, that's what we want to That's what's so critical. Yes. yes, crisis care can get you breathing again, but as we talked about in a podcast maybe, what, five podcasts ago? I don't know. The little four-year-old girl that died in our neighborhood yes. from, you know, the bronchitis, the breathing tubes, inhalers, the asthma, which is kind of the same thing here. Just shortly after a bronchodilator inhalation mm-hmm. in her lungs, she she went into uh, um, pulmonary arrest and they called the EMF people, but it was just too late. Yeah, she watched her daughter suffer yep. or suffocate right to death. Right in front of her. Right in front of her, the most horrible thing for a parent. Okay, so we talked about, you know, cigarettes causing COPD, but we have to bring up some an anomaly. Doris Day. Who recently passed. Just passed, drank heavily and smoked two packs a day, and she lived to 97. Yes. Now, how did she do that? It didn't say she died of COPD. Well, there are a lot, there are some stories of her life. There's a biography of her life. Um, and she had, she was, she was first singing at 16 years old mm-hmm. in a band and the band leader was very abusive and she went through a couple of abusive marriages and it drove her to heavy drinking and smoking, like you said, two to two and a half packs of cigarettes a day until she was 29. No, no. She was born in, tw- she was born in 22. And she did till she was uh, Oh, that's 29 years. 29 of, years of smoking. 29 years of smoking. Uh, two and a half Not packs 20, a day. Yeah, she died. And, but she didn't die of COPD. So, you know, but she stopped in 51. She now, stopped a long time ago. Is, oh, I forgot that part of the story. That's 67 years ago, yeah. she stopped smoking. But my friend told me that too. She said the guy that she doesn't want to die, that she just thinks is the most wonderful man, yes. stopped smoking. He smoked really heavily too and stopped smoking 30 years ago. Yes. 
but he's dying of COPD. Right. right. So here's here's the thing. What does COPD do to the lungs? Mm-hmm. Do I want to, you want to explain that now? Or you want me to explain it now? Or you no, want to go talk ahead. about it later? Well, um, we, we, you have all these little tiny air sacs inside the lungs called alveoli. Mm-hmm. And they're very, very small. And you have millions of them. You have five lobes of your lungs. You've got three on the right side, two on the left to make room for the heart on the left. So you've got five lobes. And into these lobes, out of the bronchi, the two major tubes that come off your trachea, they break into bronchioles, smaller and smaller tubes and smaller and smaller tubes, till you get down to just almost microscopic tubes filling all these little itty-bitty air sacs. And the air sacs have a one-layer uh, cell. T- cell wall inside these sacs that have oxygen, the blood flowing on one side, the air you're breathing in on the other side. So you imagine a, a, a balloon that you fill up like helium. If you can imagine the air you're breathing, the helium inside the balloon, on the outside of that very thin latex covering is blood flowing through capillaries. And so you breathe, you breathe in that it's air. It's making me breathe. Yes, you breathe in that air. It goes into these little tiny alveoli. You get an exchange of oxygen because of the pressure. You get oxygen leaving the air going across the membrane onto the hemoglobin of the red blood cell. And because of the pressure change, the carbon dioxide comes right off of the hemoglobin into that little air sac and back out when you breathe out. Then that hemoglobin carries the oxygen all the way down to the cellular level where there's a big uh, pressure change from inside the lungs and you get a reverse of the action. The oxygen jumps off, the carbon dioxide comes on. And everything's fine as long as you have millions and millions of these little tiny alveoli. Now what happens with COPD is that for whatever inflammatory or like like tobacco tar, tobacco smoke, uh, being the primary one, it'll cause these little alveoli walls for between each to break down. Mm-hmm. So you get a bigger bigger um, airspace, mm-hmm. and then those break down to get a bigger airspace. And what happens in the long run is that you end up simply having less surface area. Now, you imagine an ice cube coming out of an ice tray, the little square cube of ice, and you could measure all six sides of it and say, well, this has this much surface two and a area. half square inches of surface area. Mm-hmm. But if you took a hammer and smashed that ice cube into a thousand pieces, how much surface area do you have now? Well, it's gone up a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in an opposite action inside the lungs. As these little alveoli become bigger and bigger air pockets, they have less and less surface area for the oxygen to transfer. Now, the problem with that is once you get a bigger hole, it will not go back down into smaller. Uh, Once you get a big balloon shape in there, they will not heal in the sense of returning back down to their original small alveoli sizes. They stay big. Mm -hmm. And some of these will get bigger and bigger. And then the walls get stiffer and more uh, resistant to moving in and out air. So you not only have a hard time breathing in, you have a hard time getting that air back out of you, which essentially is what emphysema is. Mm -hmm. And chronic bronchitis is where you have constant ongoing infections in the lungs, constant buildup of fluid, and a constant breaking down of these little tiny alveoli. If you don't have the nutrition to stop. Which is, I think, what Doris Day did is that she became a real health nut. Yeah, she did. And she went into a reclusive life, became a real health nut, which I think helped her to maintain the level of lung degeneration 
that she had when she quit smoking without it getting worse because the problem with COPD is regressive. Mm -hmm. It gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse because they didn't do what you just said. Mm-hmm. Do some nutritional support. They didn't to rebuild, have the nutritional to support to stop those, it. To stop it. And reverse it to... St- to some degree. How, how much do you think you can reverse that? I don't, you know... Um, because, you know, you, we, we've been watching this um, miniseries on Chernobyl and watching the gruesome deaths of, you know, radiation damage. And we've been talking a lot about this. Can you reverse that? And they're really, when the, damage, when when the DNA you, is when damaged... When you damage the DNA... The blueprint... I mean, it's like someone pulling the plug. It's yeah. over with. Yeah. But and then the, as the cells of the body die at different rates of death, uh, you'll, you'll live for a little bit longer depending on the strength of the radiation exposure. But you're going to... You're a dead man. And it kills the stem cells that oh, replace... Oh, yeah. It totally the, destroys the bone marrow where most right. of your stem cells are located. Right. And so you can't replace... Yeah, the dead so cells when we're talking cells. about the lungs and you've destroyed lung tissue, it's very difficult for some regeneration to take place, but you can retard the regression. Yeah. So you don't have to move from stage one to stage two to stage three to stage four, because at stage four, you're talking lung transplant. Yeah, which they won't do on somebody that smoked or... Maybe maybe they would, somebody that old, but they do them on young children young. all the time, as we talked about with the 17-year-old girl. Yeah. That they did a lung transplant so with fibrosis. So with smoking being the number one cause of COPD, uh, we wanted to throw in a few notes here about stopping smoking. Yeah, we have a protocol um, called smoking cesta- cesta- cessation. Cesta- <laughs> you got it, cessation. Cessation, smoking cessation. I mean, did you know that in 48 hours you can break a nicotine addiction? 48 hours. Two days. Yeah. Nicotine clears the blood in 48 hours. But what you probably don't know, and we've done stuff on this in the past, is that cigarettes are laced with a stunning amount of sugar. Yeah. And that's what the true addiction is. Yeah. So basically you're taking in sugar the same way crack cocaine users do, by vaporizing it. Yes. So you still have the nicotine receptor sites you were born with, by the way. Yes. But your dependence is not so much on the nicotine, but on the caramelized sugar that triggers that... Um, the dopamine. The dopamine receptor sites. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the point being, you're not a, so much addicted to nicotine as you are its effects on the elevated blood dopamine because of the sugar. Right. And anytime people try to stop smoking, it is, they're told... It's a nicotine addiction. Here, we want you to have these nicotine patches, patches or, or gum. this nicotine gum or something like that that takes away the craving for the sugar because you're getting another blast of nicotine into the system. And so uh, what's really happening here is you get it, you're getting a real sugar imbalance inside mm-hmm. the system when you stop smoking. So when you start this protocol, and you can, you know, you go to ForbiddenDoctor.com and write in, well, what, what would they search? Well, actually, I don't have this in yet. I'll put it in. Oh, okay. But for now, we're going to have it as a little PDF attached to this podcast. Yes. To where you go into listen to this podcast on our website. This doesn't happen in iTunes, but on our website to the right of where you click play, there's going to be a PDF handout. Right, and so it's going this. to tell you that you want to have lots of fresh fruit around to ease those sugar cravings that you're mistaking for nicotine cravings, and every time you have a craving for smoke. Smoking, some of my patients have told me in the past when I've talked about this, that they just have dried cherries. 
Yeah. If they just eat two or three dried cherries, the urge for the cigarette will pass. Yeah, I mean, you know, we have some supplements that can help with that too. The chromium, the glucose tolerance factor. We've got beta food. Our long life energy enzymes really help. And then getting the gut healthy always helps for sugar cravings. So usually if they go for some fruit, especially if it's dried fruit. Now, we don't normally recommend dried fruit as a dried fruit as a normal food group to eat because they're so loaded with sugar, but it helps to get away it's from... It's the lesser of two evils. Yes, it's the, yeah, very well, yeah, very well put. Yeah. And it helps to get away from the craving for the cigarette. Right, gymnema helps too. It's a nice herb. But, um, but you can even still, you can even be a smoker and live a long time if you eat good nutritional food and you're able to break down... And digest the food. Yeah, what that you about eat? people who started smoking at twelve and thirteen years old, and they're still most smoking in their early eighties? Yeah. Now that's not very many, I, I grant it, but they exist. Well, what's the difference? Well, they had robust immune systems. They for probably one got thing. a really healthy gut from their mother. They got a healthy gut, probably breastfed from the beginning, so they had a and healthy, a healthy gut. mother. But they probably made some. They probably weren't sugar addicts. And they probably had some decent food choices all through their life uh, to maintain some degree of the micronutrients the lungs need to work effectively. Yeah. So, um, so let's let's look at some supportive supplements and foods to help with the COPD protocol. Yes. Now, if this man called our office, did the symptom survey, and we were counseling with him back and forth. We, of course, very first would put him on, you know, the GAPS protocol. The GAPS... Start with the gut, Simple, quick, and easy. You start with the gut. But past that, as soon as we get the gut healthy, or maybe at the same time, we would definitely start him on pneumotrophin PMG, okay? This is a protomorphogen for the the, the lungs. This will help divert the autoantibodies that are attacking the lungs, which gives him time. Time to heal, doesn't necessarily heal anything, although it does have some properties in that protomorphogen to heal, but it gives you time to heal. It, 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 it um, provides a unique profile of minerals, nucleotides, and peptides. Yeah, the, to rebuild and strengthen uh, the uh, collagen-based tissues that create the alveoli. I would think right off the bat he would see a big difference just taking that. Oh, yeah. Right off the bat. With, with, well, I would say within two or three days. Yeah, they could, he, he, could he tell would a see a difference there. And then uh, tissue, whether it's skin or internal tissue, whatever else, is absolutely vitamin A dependent. Yes. So we would tell him to take Cataplex ACP, A meaning vitamin A, C meaning vitamin C, and P, which is rutin. Mm-hmm. The really strong. Yes. Rutin is the thing that Johns Hopkins uh, Medical School Research Facilities say is the absolute best thing in the world to reduce the dangers of cholesterol. Yeah. It's the anti-stroke if, vitamin right, too. Right. Yeah. So it helps to rebuild lung tissue and connective tissue. And then Zymex wafers, probably for a meal twice a day. It would be about eight a day. It helps to establish a, a much better gut terrain where the right kind of flora, uh, flora can furnish, flourish, 
excuse me. <laughs> and uh, Zymex eats the food that Candida wants, which makes it a very powerful fungal detoxifier. Which helps with stopping smoking. Yes, and also. the fungal affections are a common side effect of COPD Yeah, drugs. very Well, we talked about the thrush and everything that come in. So those that. three right there, there's some more we want to talk about, but those three right there right off the bat are so important. Well, those three, and then there's one more. But I want to take a, a moment here to talk about why we would throw in Zymex and the other one, of course, is lactic acid yeast wafers. because why, do- w- why would we want to address the gut if we're dealing with problems with the lungs? Because everything that gets absorbed through the gut wall is delivered by the portal system to the liver for further work. Yes. And that huge flow of toxins from the gut, can, it can cause like a traffic jam. So that poor overloaded liver passes these toxins onto the lungs. Yes, it kay? does. It does. And toxic gases that would normally be dealt with by this liver that's so overloaded, they end up escaping through to the bronchi. And these gases do serious damage to the bronchi. And plenty of research to back this up. Uh, The toxins, the gases, undigested proteins, microbes, the... uh, phagocytes, they're loaded with the things they've been eating. Mm-hmm, they, they ride up what's called this mucociliator, um, ciliary uh, escalator. Up the lungs. That's right. From the very bottom of your lungs to the top, there's these little tiny hairs that line everything, and they're, flow, they, they're kind of flowing upwards. They're stiff little hairs, yeah. yeah. If, and they produce mucus. Mucus. Yes. <laughs> they produce mucus. Yes. And getting rid of all these toxins pointing upwards. I remember... Um, in eighth grade science, when they talked to us about this, and they said one cigarette, just smoking one cigarette, I don't know if it was based on science at the time, it's, but it scared us into not yeah, smoking. Yeah, I heard this too. One cigarette paralyzes those little hairs right. for an hour or two or something Oh, they like told that. us forever. Oh, well. They said one cigarette, you're, a da- you're well, done for. I don't remember them yeah, telling they, us that. Yeah, they used the real scare tactics. But that scared on. us that our lungs would fill up this goop and then we would suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't too far off. Yeah. But toxins long. move up along these hairs so that you can cough them out. Mm-hmm. And this is such a beautiful self-detoxifying system. Your lungs do an incredible job of detoxifying if it has the resources to do it. If everything's in place to do the job. So Dr. McBride explains this. She says, what the body does to defend itself is to create a bronchospasm, a wheeze. Yes. Now, there's a reason why you're wheezing, why you're not coughing, why you're not breathing well, because during this time, for like 20 to 25 minutes, that it takes for new cells, this is how fast this lung tissue changes turns over. It takes about 20 to 25 minutes for new cells to push the damaged ones out of the way and begin to do the important job of filtration. During this time, the bronchi narrows to slow down the toxicity going through it. Now, hmm. it's just 20 to 25 minutes. We talked about this with our asthma um, podcast that we did, because if there's too much toxicity going by too quickly while this repair is taking place, there'll be further damage to the cells. So this temporary, and I emphasize temporary narrowing, the wheeze that happens, this temporary narrowing of the bronchi allows healing to take place quickly and efficiently. So when you hear the wheezing, the body's healing itself. It's healing. And we think, oh, you're sick. We got to stop that wheezing. Yeah, it's like if you get a cold, just like, oh, you're sick. No, no, no. Your body, your body made yourself produce the mucus and the coughing and the everything right. else. It means you have a strong body. And remember, your body calls to it viruses to clean out something much more terrible. 
Okay? Exactly. So once the passages, the bronchi are clear and these new cells have taken the place, the airway opens. So when the bronchi narrow, we get the wheezing, and that's simply a protective mechanism for healing the bronchi, which illustrates exactly why these inhalers, these steroid bronchodilators, can be so damaging mm-hmm. because they force the airway to open at exactly the moment it needs to be much more narrow, even closed in some respects, for some kind of cellular repair. Yeah, and now we have those antispasmodic drugs you talked about yes. earlier. They don't allow the bronchi to repair. So, so we have airways getting further damaged with every bronchospasm. Crazy stuff. So with a bad gut and an overloaded liver, oh, which is everybody out there. Oh, everybody <laughs> in America over as, eight years old. As we talked case. about the fatty liver disease and everything, the toxins keep coming, coming, coming to the lungs. Yes. I mean, everything has a basis of systemic, you know, all diseases begin in the in the gut. So, so this is why our protocol has a foundational terrain changing gut support supplements in the protocol because it seems weird for us to have Zymex and lactic acid yeast wafers. Well, let's talk about a few more of them then. Yeah. Well, Zymex lactic acid, which helps the terrain in the colon, mm-hmm. it keeps the pH of the colon acidic, so the correct balance of immune supporting bacteria. Can flourish. That's the role of the lactic acid yes. yeast wafers. Yes. All right. So then we have Drenamin, four in the morning. Um, it's just adrenal support for that massive fight or flight reaction that takes place when you've got so much stress on your lungs. Yes. I mean, how stressful is it to not be able to breathe? It's I mean, like the head underwater. The yeah. Longer you your want. poor little adrenals are going to go crazy. It also supports your your whole breathing apparatus, the adrenals too. So we threw in some adrenal support. Right. It's called Drenamin. Then protofood, one, just one a day. These aren't. This isn't a ton. These aren't huge protocols here. This one is not a huge protocol. So protofood is the essential, meaning you have to get them from your diet. Your body does not make these amino acids. So they're essential amino acids to rebuild lung tissue because these amino acids are very fragile and they're heat liable. So they are, they're killed very easily with heat. So it's good to supplement with them to make sure you have them available in your body, just one protofood a day, and it can help. Well, what about Conjaplex then? Well, Conjaplex... I'm thinking about Conjaplex for the uh, bronchitis type of effect, the upper respiratory congestion, mm-hmm. the mucus. The infection. Yeah, because it's great immune support. Of course, it's, it's mostly calcium lactate. Yes. Okay, the most antiviral substance known to man. And it has RNA in it, ribonucleic acid, and there's no healing without RNA. Mm-mm. It's the second messenger. It goes out and says, hey, I need this and this and this and this, and comes back and brings it to the cell. And vitamins A and C, it's got thymus cytosol, which is the fluid of the thymus gland that triggers T-cell formation, uh, bovine bone, uh, carrot powder, defatted wheat germ, <laughs> It has well. It, has adrenal, it, it veal just bone. Goes on, I mean, the list goes on. Nutritional and on of yeast, everything that's in this. which is so critical. It's got um, kidney. It's got alfalfa. Let's see, buckwheat juice, mushroom powder, <laughs> shiitake mushrooms. I mean, it's it's just a jam-packed pill, and we we call it Conjaplex for congestion, and a plex means you know a whole bunch of things together. Yeah. Complex. Then there's Mary's milkshake. Yeah. This probably should be at the beginning, in my opinion. It's the easiest to absorb nutrition in the world. Um, it's, been, it's been compared with mother's milk. Yeah. For n- Just need one a day with these, with, uh, include two raw eggs, mm-hmm. 
the good protein and fat. And all the powders that are recommended to go with it, you just you can uh, search on our website, Forbidden Doctor, uh, Mary's Milkshake. Yeah, this is this is what I wanted to give to my dad before he died, and he died of lung issues, mass pulmon. Uh, what do they what do they call it? pleurisy? Yeah, yeah, a lot of infection, and um, he was ninety one. But I remember in the hospital, he reached over and grabbed my sleeve on my arm, and he said, "Murray," because he's he from you he's Murray. from Kentucky, so he doesn't say Mary. He said Murray. He says Murray. When I get out of here, I want you to heal me. <laughs> And he's a doctor, yes. you know, and, uh, you know, and we did, we gave him raw egg shakes. We gave him Mary's milkshake with the powders and everything, but his, his digestion was so destroyed from so many years of antibiotics. He just kept losing weight and losing weight. In other words, he was not absorbing, even though that's the most absorbable thing you could give him. He's 91, lots of problems. He's basically slowly dying for years. And um, he didn't like meat, didn't eat no. any meat, nope. basically, Most his entire life. life. But um, anyway, I, the raw eggs were the best we could do for nutrition for him. But he was probably too far gone, too. Well, obviously, he was. Yeah. And then there's uh, Pomico. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to address that? This is an herbal complex. It, it supports the breathing passages, you know, the free and easy and clear breathing. Um, it is able to break up and expel secre- respiratory secretions, and it supports healthy respiratory tract functions. Yes. That's all we can kind of say about that. I mean, support, support, support. Well, same thing with Resco. Yeah. It's an herbal complex that supports healthy mucous membranes within the respiratory tract, and it uh, encourages the mucous function to keep it under control. It helps maintain throat health, respiratory function. Um, it helps to keep the airway passages open as much as possible. It supports a normal cough reflex so that yeah. you can cough when you need to cough. Well, and these are two herbs. You know, yeah. herbs are medicinal. They're not things you live on. You don't live on herbs. You live on food. That's why Mary's milkshake is so important and in here. But these are medicinal. And so that's why we threw them in, two different complexes of herbs, which have a whole bunch of different things in them. Um, ginkgo and fennel seed and turmeric and ginger and all kinds of different herbs in them to support breathing. Yes. So. So. There is something there, you can do there, about COPD. Yes, and rather than wait for the inevitable suffocation it can bring, you can begin to support your lung tissue with better nutrition and powerful whole food-based supplementation. Yeah, remember, the body is set to restore and repair, not degenerate and fail. Yeah, and we're not offering these things as a cure by any means because we don't cure, we support. That's right. The body cures itself. All curing, all healing is self-healing, self-curing. Nobody cures anything. But why not try these things? Because, you know, that's all they can do is not all that can be done. Well, anytime I have a patient who has the slightest bit of pulmonary problems, just an early cough, they feel like they got a chest cold or something coming on, we put them on Contraplex right away. Yeah, it's an incredible And it helps to support the lungs to to get the job done by itself. So this protocol, which you can find on our website, just search for COPD, and it, it supports the body, and it's very foundational. It goes to the gut, and it also supports any autoimmune attack. It supports rebuilding and repairing and healing of every part in your body. But your body does the best triage. 
And I suspect if you've got massive inflammation in your lungs, your body's going to jump after that, knowing that you, if you stop breathing, life yeah. ends. So, you know, of course, the sooner you can catch this, the better. So if you have any of those symptoms of chronic wheezing, and remember, chronic, just to recap here, chronic problems are not handled well with the medical community. They're very good at crisis care, but not chronic care. They even admit to just managing the symptoms, of yes. course. But so you're going to be on a bronchodilator and probably an anticholinergic the rest of your life by doing nothing but the medical route. Your short life. And so that's all they can do, which is why you move from stage one to stage two to stage mm-hmm. three to stage four. So let's stop Lung that. Lung transplant maybe, but in any event, mm-hmm. death. Death is the end. So on that happy note, <laughs> remember many of you may be finding us for the first time. So keep in mind the protocols on our website and what we're talking about are only available to logged in users. So if you if you hear this web or this podcast, and you want to go find that COPD protocol, you have to take our symptom survey. I should say you get to take our symptom survey, our no-obligation symptom survey. You just go to the homepage of Forbidden Doctor. Then after you take that, you get a username and password, and you get opened up to the wide world of the Forbidden Doctor. Oh, tons of information. 600 protocols, you know, 300 or more different products, um, our blogs, our podcasts, everything. And understand the survey that Mary's talking about will save you money in the long run because you're not taking supplements you don't need. And all of this, of course, at a no charge to you. And remember, your patronage of our offers keeps this podcast on the air. So the statements made in this podcast about specific products have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided or any information contained on or in any product label or packaging or this podcast is for, for, uh, is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare pro- professionals. Very good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Forbidden Information and our Forbidden Podcast. Yeah, join us next time for another in-depth discussion of forbidden knowledge, and we will see you then. So long. Thank you for listening to the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. If you are curious about long-life energy enzymes or ageless thyroid, you can purchase them without a membership from our website at ForbiddenDoctor.com or get our enzyme formula from Amazon.com by searching the full term Long Life Energy Enzymes. Don't forget to take our obligation-free symptom survey to get a free personalized supplement protocol recommended for you by Dr. Jack, Mary, or one of our qualified nutritionists. Take the survey, get a call from our nutritionist to create a protocol and a patient login, then use that login to see your own personal protocol along with any favorites you've saved from our symptom library. Remember, our website and our clinic are here for you always.